welcome to One Stop Shop, a weekly podcast that helps ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs learn from the best. Brought to you by Convergia. To learn more about managing all of your tools, channels and strategies from one dashboard, visit Convergio.com. On this episode, we talked to Tyler Accardi on outbound marketing. Tyler Accardi is Director of Marketing at Pro Trainings, a team that has revolutionized the CPR industry by providing accessible online certification. In this episode, Tyler shares his secrets to achieving incredible outbound marketing results with good old-fashioned cold calling and emailing. Hey Tyler, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. All right. So um, tell us a bit about your background for our listeners. What company do you work for now and what is your role there? Sure. So I work for Pro Trainings and I've been with them about nine years. I started with them as an intern, did that for two years until I graduated from undergrad, at which point I became their director of marketing. And I've been serving that role for seven years now. I started when the company was about seven people about and it's changed a lot over time it's grown quite a bit and so my roles changed during that time period and so it's been an adventure did you guys have an office at that time when you started yeah yeah we did it was it was definitely a different office a smaller office but it was kind of the same routine of going to that location and meeting with everyone but now there's just more people and and more space so yeah a little insight for the audience in general i know tyler tyler and i are are friends and i'm friends actually with the owners of the the company that he's talking about and so i remember back when it was just like people hanging out in their basement (laughs) starting something so that's why i was curious like (laughs) at what point you entered in i mean it's uh, so much changes from that startup phase to i guess you'd call us kind of a, a large small company at this point you know, it changes from a, a culture where people are flying remote control helicopters during lunch break and, and disturbing each other regularly to where it's kind of uh, now we have to have dedicated times to, to socialize and connect. So it's just kind of the nature of that change. So right on. And could you go into a little more detail then of your specific role? Like you kind of gave us the title, but you didn't really tell us what it means or how it practically plays out. Sure. So as the director of marketing, I manage a lot of the digital advertising. We're a web-based company. Our services are primarily online. So we get a lot of our business from PPC marketing, uh, different digital channels. And so I manage those and, and manage people that work with different channels. And then I also do special projects, any new marketing initiatives we're setting up, any new products. Uh, I have a hand in a lot of those and setting those up and connecting with customers and just making sure that those things develop in the right way as well. So a few hats, but that's kind of the nature of of small companies. I'm sure Uh, anyone who works in a small company can identify with that. So one method you use is traditional outbound marketing, what some people refer to as cold calling or cold emails, which are typically uncomfortable for most people um, Mm -hmm. to do. So. So the question I have for you is, why are outbound practices important in your company? Well, this is a newer initiative for us. I mean, we've been doing it for uh, about three, four years now in different forms. But when you rely 100% on inbound marketing, there can be a bit of a cap or different um, factors that play in that, that are less in your control 
I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Will you define the difference between inbound and outbound for some of our listeners that may not know? Sure. So inbound, I would consider things like pay-per-click advertising where the potential customer is seeking the service at that given point in time, whereas an outbound marketing effort is reaching out to a good potential customer, even though they may not necessarily be seeking that service at that point in time. And okay. so that's that's what I would say is the differentiation. Right on. And so obviously there's some challenges with that, and that's what makes it a little uncomfortable, as was alluded to, because in a way you're interrupting. Now you're presenting something that someone's not necessarily looking for, and that can definitely be uncomfortable, especially if done in the wrong way. And so we've we've definitely gone through that stage. I've personally gone through that stage of kind of a little bit rougher outbound marketing. But as we've developed it and understood it, it's given us access to much more predictably grow. When you have an idea of who your good customer is, who that who that ideal customer profile is, you are able to much more proactively identify them and then reach out to them. Really, then, the only limit to that is the pool of that particular customer profile and your ability to reach out to them. And once you get a system in place and a process for reaching out to them and a message for them, uh, it really lets you get to know that particular customer profile and who that is so that, one, you can communicate with them effectively, you can reach them effectively, as well as serve them effectively and make them happier in the end. And so that's a huge benefit to outbound marketing because it lets you select your customer versus your customer selecting you. How does that process work, the process of selecting the customer and and like the steps in your funnel and how it plays out basically? How does that work? Sure. So the way we went about it was, was definitely looking at that ideal customer and asking who is that. And that's something that certainly your inbound strategies can inform. I think it's probably a little harder to start with outbound, especially not knowing who's using your service and why. And so you look to your inbound customers, those people who are actively seeking you and looking for common traits, be it industry, be it their customers, be it product type. And so you put those things together and that's where you start identifying your ideal customer profile. So in our instance, I don't know if I alluded to this at all, but our particular company, Pro Trainings is who I work for. We do, one of our products is CPR and first aid certification. And so we identified one of our biggest customers as the education space. So schools, teachers, coaches, etc. And so kind of seeing that industry and, and the different characteristics that kind of go along with that industry, we identified them as a really good customer profile for us. And that's who we reach out to. And so to answer the second part of your question, what that process looks like, well, there's multiple stages. So you start by reaching out to a high-end decision maker, especially if you don't know who makes the ultimate decision in these places. And so you reach out to someone kind of high on the totem pole and you simply ask for a referral. And you simply ask who at XYZ organization is in charge of this particular product or service. And and more often than not, there's a referral given because you're not asking much. Then once that's done, you actually reach out to 
the decision maker. And so once that contact is made, they just kind of fall into your regular sales funnel of really uh, kind of prospecting and seeing if that particular uh, company is a good fit. And then if that's the case, you kind of go through the rest of the, the getting to know each other process and conversation and really developing that. And then obviously, if you both see the benefit in it, you, you partner and end up closing the sale. Uh, that's really the, the funnel in, in kind of a grander size. So Right on. Okay. So what I'm hearing, define your audience, mm-hmm. um, figure out the best person to go after in that audience. And then you're saying like figure out the method in which to approach them, whether it's email or cold call, that type of thing. Or did we not get that far yet? Did I just make that up in my um, head? Well, I mean, uh, so a lot of this is going to depend on who you're approaching, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, every that that's kind of the trick is every industry is going to be a little different. So if it makes sense, it often makes sense to do kind of an introductory email. Just flat out cold calling is a little bit more difficult. It's something we've strayed away from. Cold emailing is is a little bit warmer. And especially in the cases where there's someone higher in the organization that you can approach first and gain that referral, well, then it's a very warm lead where you kind of say, hey, director of of such and such department, your CEO, so so so-and-so said I should talk to you about XYZ. And then, so there's that kind of introduction. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as just directly calling someone out of the blue, that's a little bit more difficult, even in the case where we directly approach who we believe the decision maker to be, there's kind of an introductory email. And so that at the end of the day, the call becomes more of a, hi, this is so-and-so from from XYZ organization. I'm just following up on that information I sent you. And, and that's something we do with our school program, where we offer a CPR training program to high schools so that they can teach their students CPR. Well, that's that's usually a direct approach to the health teacher, and it's not necessarily something you go to the principal with. And so we actually send a fax to the health teacher, and then we send an email to the health teacher, just kind of informing them about the program, and then we follow that up with a call. And it's all about following up on the information, seeing if they had any questions. And so it's a much warmer introduction than if you just call. Yeah. Is that Makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I feel like part of the reason that we had you on um, is from some conversations that we had. And this kind of gets into the next question. I feel like you're being a little modest because <laughs> there's certain things that I know you guys are doing that are actually seeing really amazing results compared to your averages or your norms and that type of thing. And so to kind of get into that, um, what are a few of those phases, say, in your funnel? What are you doing and how do they differ from what you're seeing on average um, for, for like this is the norm versus this is what you're able to pull off in terms of conversion rates and things? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, each stage of the funnel is going to have its particular success metric, right? So you obviously start with your full pool of this is our ideal customer. And then the next step of that pool is seeing how many of those people you can actually reach with your message. And so that's called a reach rate. And then from there, it's kind of an appointment rate. And how many of those people can you actually sit down with and qualify and then have a really solid conversation with? And from there, it's kind of a close rate. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of each 
steps success metric, one of the things that uh, that we've been able to do very well is actually reaching people with the message. And I think there's a few keys to that. So one is we have a very defined target customer. Let's put some numbers behind it before you go any further. Sure. What, what's a normal reach rate? Like I'm a business, I'm sure. trying to contact my target audience, whatever method, say this introductory email that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. What is a normal reach rate for an average business? Oh gosh, a normal reach rate is going to be 10 to 12%. Okay. And what's your reach rate? Uh, about 75. All right. Why? Like that, that's <laughs> that's the part of that like if you're listening, you should be paying attention to these details because if, if a normal reach rate, that's like saying if you email, um, for me, I run part of what I do is I run a, an e-commerce um, type of web dev agency. We do a lot of web dev and marketing for people. So if I'm cold call, just flat cold emailing people, if I email 100, I'm getting 12 responses would be good. You're getting 75 out of 100. What the heck are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's a few components of it. Some of it in our control, some of it not. The things that are in our control is we have a very defined audience. Uh, we know exactly who we're targeting and a very homogenous market that we're reaching out to. So the title's always going to be the same. Their duties are always going to be the same. And so that helps a lot. We always know who we're trying to talk to. The second piece that is very helpful is we use multiple channels. So email is one of the things we do, but we also do fax, which sounds very (laughs) arcane, but with our particular market, schools in particular, they all have faxes still. And so all of a sudden you have a physical piece of collateral in that person's mailbox, and that's not an avenue used much anymore. And so that's kind of an advantage. We use voicemail, and, and obviously even before the call, a voicemail, especially when paired with an email, is a, is still a great win. And then the quality of what we send through those different channels is extremely important as well. So making sure that subject lines are good and get open, making sure that those physical pieces we send are good, making sure that our timing with voicemails and with calls are all integrated and working as a team. And so this is something where we've taken all these different mediums and we've said, okay, uh, how are the different ways we can reach them? And how do we put them together and pace them in a way where they all work together? And so it's an integrated marketing effort. And so it's obviously a balance of creating enough venues or avenues for that person to get the message without overwhelming them and pastoring them, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have a number they could put to that? Like how many sure. how many interactions have you found that is a good balance between not being too passive but not being too aggressive? So we aim for, especially early on, maybe two or three in the first week, and then maybe two the next week, and then we kind of space it out from there. Is it the kind of the standard like, hey, I'm this person, I do this thing, it could help you. Do you want to talk or do you have a different formula that you follow? Ooh, that's where you get really into who you're talking to and what your approach is and what your messaging is. I mean, it's a whole different topic on how to write emails and, and cater messaging in, in an effective way. But Okay, maybe of, just yeah. generally, just a thousand foot look. Is there a, a thing that you do or something that you follow? Uh, yes, be helpful. That's That's really the thousand foot look. So with our particular messaging we're usually contacting 
companies that have recently been affected by some sort of legislation. So their guidelines have changed, their uh, situations changed, and there's a new requirement. We inform them of that, and we say, "Hey, That's this smart. has just happened. We're here to help. We're here to answer your questions." And that's really one of the one of the big factors. Yeah, that's cool. So you're you're staying abreast to what's going on in their industry and almost oh, yeah. ahead of the eight ball and letting them know, "Hey, by the way, you mm-hmm. guys got to start paying attention to this." And then I'm assuming later you can be like, "Hey, we can help you solve this thing yep. that we told you last week. You need to pay attention to." <laughs> exactly. Interesting. No, that's exactly. cool. What about um? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that, I think that's that covers it really well. Okay, all right. The follow-up then is, can you describe the moment that you realized you were onto something? Like when you had these really great reach rates? Yeah, I think the, the moment I realized that we were onto something is when I stopped actually doing it myself. How this whole process got developed was honestly trial and error, where I was attempting to do this and doing a lot of it wrong initially. But then once I had the process kind of down to where I was like, okay, this can be taught to someone else. And I stepped back and saw other people doing it and then saw their success rate. That's when I kind of compared industry averages and said, oh, wow, that's that's pretty nice. Gosh, um, yeah, that's like the dream of any business owner, I feel <laughs> like, is to be able to get out of the equation and watch it still work. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> The last thing I want to ask you in the, in that realm, how can this tactic play out for other business owners? Like you have a very specific way that you've sort of nurtured it along pertaining to your business and your specific industry. But generally speaking, if we're talking about a business to business type e-com shop or maybe a business to customer, how could you see it playing out for them? Why would it be worth their time? Sure. I mean, I think anyone who has reached a certain phase in their business where they have a customer base, a a decent customer base to look at and use that information to really develop that ideal customer profile where they can uh, have enough information to say, okay, this group of people or these traits seem to be a really good fit for what I do or what I sell. And then it, it really depends on them taking those traits and looking at the larger market and saying, okay, is there a way I can find this group of people? Is there a way I can reach this group of people effectively and economically? And if that's possible, there's nothing stopping them. I mean, obviously become informed and really go into it thoughtfully. Don't try to do it perfectly because you're going to just sit there and experience paralysis by analysis But it's certainly applicable across multiple industries, especially if you already have a B2B base. Uh, The the group is there. It's just whether you can find it and identify it and reach them or not. Mm -hmm. Right on. I want to take you back for just a minute. Earlier, you mentioned making a ton of mistakes in the process. What would you say is the most common mistake of beginners when they try to make these sort of outbound calls or outbound emails, cold emails? That's a great question. That's going to change depending on who's doing it. For me, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so I wanted to reach every single person I saw out there. Once you've sent your 20th email and your 10th follow-up call, you just start seeming desperate. And you probably are. 
So really understanding that not everyone, even in your ideal customer profile, even if it's a great market for you and you're going to win a big portion of it, there's, I don't know if there's anything that's ever going to capture 100% of a market. And so knowing when to let go and how to really strike that balance between trying to get a great reach rate and not wasting time on people who are just not interested or not great fits. That's a huge piece of it because you can really exhaust yourself trying to reach everyone and trying to win every deal when that's just simply not feasible and, and not not even the right thing to do because every, you know there's so many different situations out there. We'd like to think that our particular product or service is the best thing for everyone, but maybe it's not. And so really staying true to that ideal customer profile um, and narrowing it over time kind of helps you avoid that pitfall of really exhausting yourself. I'd say, obviously, again, this is a whole nother topic, but kind of being selfish in your messaging, when you send a message to someone, making it all about your particular product and uh, kind of a buy me, buy me message versus a here's this, let me help you. Here's how I think I can continue helping you. Let's explore it together kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's a very easy pitfall for especially early, early adopters of this particular kind of outbound effort, especially since it's just a different conversation than you have with the inbound people because they, they want you to talk about what you do a lot more versus someone who isn't approaching you. It becomes just a lot more appropriate to talk about them, especially early on. So yeah, I think those, those two things are, are pretty big pitfalls initially. Just crossing the line of eagerness to desperation and just instead of thinking about building a relationship, just trying to quickly seize a sale when it's too early to make one happen. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So our audience is generally e-commerce business owners. What other outbound marketing tactics? You mentioned calls and emails. What other outbound marketing tactics do you have for lead generation? Other outbound efforts. I mean, that, that can uh, change depending on audience. I mean, anything, I, I guess if we stick to the earlier definition of what is outbound versus inbound and Outbound is is anyone who's not seeking you at this particular moment. Inbound is people who are. So any digital advertising you do to say, for example, Facebook groups, you know, you target a specific profession and not targeting by their intent, that would be an outbound method. Digital advertising, I guess, anything where you more generally advertising, but that's a very broad definition, I think, of, of outbound marketing. I think in some ways that's still a lot of that can fall into kind of a different definition of just kind of casting a net out there and buying a billboard and then whoever calls you calls you kind of thing. As far as outbound, what we've kind of discussed is is definitely the most in-depth aspect of what what we've experimented with so far, but Obviously, it's a ever-changing field, and who knows what else is out there and what's coming. So, 
So for our listeners who maybe want to learn more about this stuff, I mean, we really only were able to sort of graze the the surface of a lot of these ideas and concepts. And I'm sure we could drill down into any one of the aspects of the different reach rates, all these things, conversion rates. Where can they go? What are some resources that you found helpful? Websites, books, anything mm-hmm. along those lines? Sure. So a couple resources that I found extremely helpful. I've found Predictable Revenue, which is one in the group of a couple books. And the other book that I also found very helpful is Impossible to Inevitable. They're both amazing books by the same author, although I'm horrible with names and I'm sure that he'd be extremely offended uh, if he ever hears this podcast. So those are both amazing books. So I highly recommend them, especially for the mentality. I believe it's Aaron Ross. That's right. Aaron Ross. Yeah, Aaron Ross. Googling it. (laughs) Yeah. Damn, you're good, Tyler. Yeah, you know, it it came to me all of a sudden (laughs) from above. And then as far as uh, we, we did discuss messaging a little bit, my particular messaging and copywriting really took a leap forward with Joanna Weeb's 10x copy hackers, I believe that's what it's called. I found it very worth the time, found the written literature she's been a part of to be very useful. And so as far as developing messaging, I think that's a great resource that I'd recommend. Well, we've barely scratched the surface, as Jeff said, but thank you so much for all this information. This has been very helpful. And thank you for your time. Absolutely. Glad to be here. If people want to learn more about your company or you, where can they go? They can go to protrainings.com. Everything we, we have is there. My about profile is right on there as well. So they can feel free to reach out to me. Very good. Thank you, Tyler. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. One Stop Shop is a production of Conversio. Let Conversio's all-in-one dashboard run your marketing so that you have more time to run your business. Get started for free at Conversio.com. On our next episode, we talk to Moitza about the importance of using Facebook ads for your business. Most companies, if not all companies, advertise to get something back. But like you said, you shouldn't always sell, but you should lead a user through a funnel. Once he visits your webpage multiple times and once he starts looking into specific products and constantly on your webpage, that's a good way to move forward with the pitch. More on the next episode. This podcast was also made in production with my company, Come Alive Creative. Are you interested in starting a podcast for your brand? Drop us a line at comealivecreative.com. And finally, we know your store is awesome, but how do you compare against other stores in your industry? Conversio has a new tool called StoreGrader, and you can sign up for it for free by signing up in the footer of the website at conversio.com. Conversio. Sell more, do less.